0: of the Cape, 91.3 FM serial. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi barakatuh. Welcome to our revision program with myself, Nadir Abrams. I'm the founder of Intune Tutoring. We offer mathematics and physical science tuition for for high school learners in Claremont and Goodwood. Uh, I just wanted to say you can, you can audio stream on vocfm.co.ca, click on Listen Live. Alternatively, go on the VOC app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store. Kindly note that the notes of this program will be uploaded onto our Facebook and can also be downloaded from our website www.intunetutoring.co.za So today we'll be discussing um, Maths Paper 1 and we'll be looking at tips and tricks and strategies for the exam paper. It's very important when you are going to an exam to go in with some sort of strategy um, and not going blind and also for when you're studying it's important to know what sections are going to be counting more so that you can know how exactly you're going to tackle those sections and also you know which sections to focus on more. So if you're going to look at uh, the Paper 1 content, the Paper 1 consists of patterns and sequences, finance, growth and decay, functions and graphs, algebra, equations and inequalities, differential calculus and probability you might want to grab a pen and paper for this uh, program so that you can jot down the notes as we go along so, paper 1 is worth 150 marks, paper 2 is worth 150 marks as well just briefly, paper 2 is, is uh, consists of Euclidean geometry analytical geometry, statistics and trigonometry but we'll be covering that next week so, in terms of the breakdown the grade 12, mass paper 1 consists of uh, patterns and sequences which is worth about 25 marks plus minus three marks there's algebra and equations which is worth 25 marks plus minus three marks there's finance growth and decay which is 15 marks plus minus three marks functions and graphs which is 35 marks plus minus three marks Differential Calculus, which is plus 35 marks plus minus 3 marks, as well as Probability, which is 15 marks plus minus 3 marks. So, in terms of the difficulty of the exam, I think it's very important to, to know that the difficulty isn't the same throughout the whole paper. If you look at the exam breakdown, the exam is broken down into different difficulties. So the first thing we would look at is knowledge questions which is worth about 20% of the paper, routine procedures which is 35%, complex procedures which is 30% and problem solving which is 15%. So what this actually means that if your mark is below 50% that means that you are struggling with knowledge questions and the routine procedures. The knowledge type questions together with routine procedures wakes up about 55% of the exam paper. So 55% is quite a big chunk of the paper and if you can do these two types of questions very well you can definitely get a mark above 50%. So for the knowledge type questions you're looking at um, straight recall, being able to identify the right formula from the formula sheet and being able to understand the words and the vocabulary in the exam question. So the knowledge questions worth 20%. The routine procedures is 35%. And this is more of your homework type questions, which are relatively straightforward. It involves estimation and appropriate rounding of numbers, proofs of prescribed theorems and derivation of formulas, so how to derive the formula, and understanding the theorems involved, and proving the theorems. The next thing is identification and direct use of the correct formula, so identifying the the formula from the formula sheet and then applying the formula, not even changing the formula around for the question. The next thing is simple applications and calculations which involve a few steps. So there might be more than one step to involve to involve to get the answer. And identification and use of the correct formula sometimes you might need to change the, the subject of the formula and yeah, it's, it's generally similar to your homework type questions, that I've mentioned before. The next thing is, if, if you're a 50% learner and you're trying to get a 70% to an 80% and you're stuck in the 50 to 55% mark you want to get above that, the next thing is called complex procedures. Now, the complex procedures involve complex calculations and higher order reasoning. And there's not always an obvious route to the solution. We were covering complex procedures. And we are going to be continuing with complex procedures, so the complex procedures are for the people like I said before the mark is stuck between fifty and fifty five percent and they're trying to get above that and achieve a a or b which is about sixty to seventy percent or seventy percent to eighty percent So for the complex procedures, like I said before, it involves complex calculations and high order reasoning there's not always an obvious route to the solution. And it's not always based on a real-world context. So it could be a question where it says, Peter walks from South Africa to China, walks at five meters per second, how long will it take him to reach China? So it's not necessarily a a real-world context. It's more abstract type questions. Yeah, These types of questions are not the types of questions that that you'd encounter doing your homework per se. These are the type of questions that you'd get in a study guide or by practicing past papers and it requires conceptual understanding of the work. Then the next thing is you get problem-solving questions. These are the yearly, really difficult questions, the 15% of the paper that everyone struggles with. These types of questions, if you know your knowledge questions, if you know your routine procedures, if you know your complex questions, and now you want to go from 85% to a 90, 95%, 100% mark, you'd be focusing on these problem-solving type questions and these are non-routine problems which aren't necessarily difficult but it requires you to break down the complex question into into its different parts and that will allow you to do the questions so You would be taking a difficult question or a difficult looking question and breaking it down into smaller parts, bite-sized chunks and that will allow you to then conquer that question or complete that question So that's it for in, for the breakdown in terms of difficulty for for mathematics exam papers for grade 12 Uh, So it's the knowledge question, which is 20%, routine procedures, which is 35%, complex procedures, which is 30%, and then the problem solving, which is 15%. Okay, that difficulty applies to both Paper 1 and Paper 2. We've now covered the difficulty of the paper, and we'll now be looking at the content of the exam. So for Paper 1, we're looking at Algebra. Algebra is my favorite section of the exam. Uh, A lot of my students love the Algebra section. And um, these are th- these. This section uh, basically covers your grade 11 work as well as your grade 12 work. So it's in- it includes cubic equations, uh, it includes uh, solving quadratic equations and inequality inequalities. Uh, don't worry about completing the square though, that will that stays in grade 11. So uh, <laughs> you don't need to worry about completing the square but you do need to worry about solving the quadratic equations and solving the inequalities. You It involves solving simultaneous equations, so... I mean, everyone knows what simultaneous equations are. You can use the substitution method, you can use the elimination method for your simultaneous equations, and it also involves exponential and third equations. So, exponential equations and uh, third equations, simplifying exponential and third equations so not just solving it but also being able to serve to to simplify exponential and third expressions and then classifications of numbers and the nature of roots so the nature of roots is based on the grade 11 work and yeah that's it for paper 1. That was for question 1 and question 1 which is algebra and expressions is worth about 25. The next part is patterns and sequences And patterns and sequences, is usually question 2 of the exam, and it's usually worth about 25 marks plus minus 3 marks. And patterns and sequences are based on arithmetic sequences and and series, which are linear, and then you get geometric sequences and series, which are exponential. And um, that includes convergent series as well as sum to infinity. I know a lot of people struggle with sum to infinity. And then in this section, they can ask you about the proof as well. The proof of sum to N terms, which is the formula for arithmetic and quadratic series. That's very important. Remember that there aren't a lot of proofs required in the exam. However, proofs do work out to about uh, six marks in total for the exam. So if you're doing encounter proof, the proof that... That you might encounter is for patterns and sequences, and that's based on the sum to n terms formula for arithmetic and quadratic series. Okay, the next thing is quadratic sequences and sigma notation, which are pretty straightforward. The next thing that we'll be looking at is functions. Functions is quite a big section of the the exam functions are worth about 35 marks plus minus 3 marks and this again is based on grade 11 work as well as grade 12 work. (coughs) In terms of the functions that you need to know there's the y is equal to mx plus c which is a straight line graph there's the quadratic graph or your parabola and the parabola comes in three types you need to know y is equal to a squared plus bx plus c or the formula of y is equal to a open bracket x minus b bracket squared plus q and that will allow you to see the turning point and then the last one is the the root version which is y is equal to a open bracket x minus x1 close bracket open bracket x minus x2 close bracket which is the, the which when it's in that when the parabola is in that format you're then able to see both of your roots the next thing is the hyperbola the hyperbola is um, y is equal to a over x minus b plus q and that's the graph that's in the first quadrant and the third quadrant or the second quadrant and the fourth quadrant It's usually two pieces it looks like two pieces (laughs) that's one of the easier graphs it just looks very different to what you used to we were just covering the hyperbola graph and we are going to be covering the exponential graph next now the exponential graph in my opinion is one of the harder graphs the formula for the exponential graph y is equal to a times b to the power of x minus p plus q and that graph's pretty pretty tough in my opinion. <laughs> A lot of students before they come to me struggle with the exponential graph um, and I think it's very easy once you get used to it. The, the, seg- the last graph that we're going to be covering is the one that you learn in Matric which is y is equal to log b x. The log graphs are not that difficult um, especially once you know the exponential graphs, and it's it's usually a small section on log graphs. Many exam papers don't even bother covering it, but yeah, it is examinable. Now that we've covered the types of functions, I'm going to be covering the other topics within the function section. Remember that this is a large section, it's 35 marks, and it's based on grade 11 and grade 12 work. The next thing we're going to be covering is within functions is function notation and transformation of functions. That's very important, and there's a lot of focus on that in in grade 12. Determining the equations of functions, so basically they'll give you a graph, and you would then need to determine what type of graph it is based on the five types of graphs that I said are examinable. And then, so you need to be able to determine the equation of the graph based on the graph that you see, as well as sketching the graph. So if they give you the equation, they want you then to sketch the graph. The next thing is the definition and inverse of functions. So being able to define a function. And so, for example, a circle might not be a function because it doesn't have, it's not a one-to-one function. So for every x value, there is one y value. Yeah, so that's the definition of a function. And then being able to invert the function as well. The next thing is the nature of roots. The nature of roots is very important, um, especially for for the parabola. And um, that's also based on the grade 11 work. So the next section we'll be covering is financial maths. And financial maths is well, it's quite a few marks. Let's have a look. Math- financial maths is worth 15 marks. Um, it's not as much as the other sections. It's 15 marks plus minus 3 marks. And I enjoy the financial maths. A lot of my students enjoy the financial maths as well. Uh, Let's have a look. So financial maths is very important because you'll probably use it when you start buying a car, inshallah, and when you buy a house. And for any of you going to study finance next year, we will definitely be covering some financial maths as well at university level. So financial maths involves compound growth and decay, including multiple compound periods per year. Uh, you need to be able to draw timelines and being able to do timeline questions and sinking fund problems. Sinking fund is is something that you cover more in grade, grade 12 and um, it's very important to be able to do it. The, the next thing is nominal and effective interest rates, so nominal, uh, being able to convert from nominal to effective and vice versa. And then the last part of financial maths is present value. And future value annuities. So, you need to be able to identify the formula. That formula is from the formula sheet, and do questions that involve the PV and the FE annuities. If you look at financial maths, um, and so in terms of general tips, and besides the content, um, we need to know the section well, and as well as which formulas apply for each situation when something is annuity and when is the compound interest question uh, for present value You need to be able to work out the outstanding balance on a loan the size of the periodic payments the period of the loan use the present value formula for all loans you also get a present value problem that is an investment problem when you invest a lump sum now to make equal periodic withdrawals from the account but, but investments keep in mind are usually future value problems understand sinking funds well it's very important like i said you learn about sinking funds in grade 12 and so it's a relatively new work. Also make sure that you can work out the regular payment on a higher purchase agreement based on simple interest and it's likely that you'll get asked about growth and decay, doubling and halving of bacteria, inflation, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, so that's growth and decay within financial maths. Let me just give you some general tips for, for sequences and series. So when you search for number patterns in, in nature or in the context of numbers, look for what is regular and what is different. Patterns appear as number sequences, tessellations and diagrams, geometric shapes and periodic repetitions and situations. You could be asked to look at shapes and, and established patterns or investigate an arithmetic, quadratic or exponential relationship between numbers. You need to be able to determine the sum of both arithmetic and geometric series, as well as find general rules that express the general term in a sequence of numbers, both algebraically and in words. So familiarize yourself with all the relevant methods and formulas. Do not learn senseless recipes and big formulas off by heart, but rather train your brain to do the mental work required make sure that you understand the, the pattern conceptually as it also links wild to functions and transformation geometry okay so um, that was just backtracking and mentioning s- sequence and series the last part which is as big, be- well the second last part which is calculus this is a really big section of the of the exam paper and it's very very important um, th- th- calculus is worth about 35 marks plus minus 3 marks and it's not that difficult um, it's very important though to, to know how to do the questions and if you can if you can do the the calculus section it's it's easy marks and um, you should really know it well in order to maximize your marks on, on calculus so calculus involves the it's, it's 35 marks plus minus 3 marks and it involves the remainder and factor theorems being able to differentiate our first principles as well as use the power rule. You need to be able to sketch cubic functions, so being able to draw cubic graphs. And then, applica- then you need to also know the applications of calculus which are concavity, optimization, rate of change and motion problems. And then it is only in optimization problems that measurement, surface area, volume of right prisms, pyramids, cones and spheres will appear in your grade 12 work so just to reiterate on that optimization involves surface area and volume of prisms or specifically right prisms pyramids, cones and spheres okay, Um, coming back to just um, mentioning some more tips for for differential calculus Um, understand differentiation Um, expect first principles question and differentiation by using the power rule Um, that's very very important so being able to differentiate by first principles is always a question based on that and that's f dash of x is is equal to the limit as h tends to zero of f of x plus h minus f of x all over h and that is the, that's differentiating from first principles and then also you need to know the power rule which is f of x is equal to that if a f of x is equal to a to the power a x to the power of n then f dash of x is equal to a n x to the power of n minus 1 which is Sorry. only formula sheet. and just by knowing those two, those two um, questions you can really score a lot of marks, I'd say about 20 marks in that in that um, section, well not 20 maybe 10 to 15 marks the graph position is which is the the cubic graph, is sometimes included under functions, um, but it's usually in the calculus section, and um, it involves using the derivatives to determine whether the function has a stationary point, a point of inflection, and where the graph is increasing and decreasing. So you're going to be using calculus for the to determine those, um, to determine those, those um, things. Being able to uh, apply the concept of the derivative to various application-type questions, as I mentioned before, so optimization, and you could you could be asked to find various dimensions of shape based on the area of being a minimum or the volume of maximum. You could also you could you could be asked to maximize both the profit of a company, uh, both the profit the profit the company makes, or minimize the consumption of a vehicle. It's um, it's important to find out how to use the rules and formulas to express these answers know the area and volume formulas for the various shapes as well as how to calculate profit remember that the area and volume of right prisms pyramids cones and spheres are going to be used in the section for optimization okay and in the last part of the exam is probability and um, these probability is about 50 marks and uh, it's worth plus minus 3 marks and if you look at the probability, it involves Venn diagrams, tree diagrams, contingency tables, dependent and independent, um, mutually exclusive and complementary events, including the addition and product laws of probability. Uh, and then also, I think it involves counting principles, which are limited to factorials. Okay, so we've just covered the um, the, the the entire paper one in terms of the content. The levels difficulty and um the weightings of each section and now you're probably wanting how what am I going to do with this and um this is the, the what we what you then do is you take you look at the the sections that count the most and you focus on those sections and you you know that when the when the time comes for the exam you know your functions very really well you know your differential calculus very really well. And um, you know your algebra and equations very well. You're really going to set yourself on a good foot. In order to, to memorise the equations, a lot of a lot of students actually go and memorise equations instead of um, thinking that's memorise equations. Treating mathematics as a study subject, but at the end of the day, mathematics is not a study subject. It's a, it's a practice subject. You got you got to go out there. And you got to practice the work. And um, Homeworks not enough. You gotta you gotta practice some past papers, and with with past papers, you'll past papers require you to use your um, use the equations, and by practicing the equations, you'll then become used to the equations, and you'll start. You'll actually find that you'll know it out of your head. So, for example, the quadratic formula—that's something everyone forgets—and by practicing quadratic equations you'll start re- remembering how to use the quadratic formula. Proofs as well. Okay, proofs is something you just need to memorize, which is, I mean, proofs are quite straightforward. And so in terms of actually preparing for mathematics and and actually studying for, for mathematics, you need to get a study guide. I definitely recommend that. I personally use um, the study and master study guide for Grade 12. And in the it actually breaks up the questions into knowledge and routine procedures and complex procedures and problem solving. And um if your marks below fifty-five percent you focus on the knowledge and routine procedures and um if your marks above fifty-five percent and you're trying to to improve your mark from fifty-five percent to to eighty or ninety percent then you focus on the complex procedures and problem solving type questions. And yeah it's i mean grade twelve is' it's not that difficult once you once you put your mind to it and once you um, once you know what to expect because it's that uncertainty that can make you nervous and by practicing your exams when you' walk in when you're going into your mock exams now in two weeks time or in September you'll see that it's not that difficult because you've now practiced the questions you 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 know what to expect you know that question one is going to be algebra and equations you know it Patterns and sequences, you know finance, growth and decay, you know functions and graphs, you know differential calculus, you know probability, and you know how much each section is going to be counting approximately. And um, yeah, the, the if you cover the work that, that we've covered, um, or the, if you covered the work that that I've spoken about in the show, you can definitely you can definitely get um, a very good mark for for your mock exams. Um, if you aren't able to get the study guide get a tutor um, I definitely recommend coming to Intune tutoring uh, <laughs> um, we, we, we we work in small groups or find tutor both three kids or both three students and um, you get that you get that interaction that you require we don't we don't have big classes where you can get lost in in it and um, by working with with three students per tutor you you really can um, you can really get the attention that you need Um, If you aren't able to get a study guide and you aren't able to get uh, some tuition, then make friends with the clever people in your class. Um, That's always very helpful. Uh, You can ask them questions and you can assist each other and if you do understand a section well teach that section to someone else. That will help cement that with yourself as well. We're just discussing general ways to prepare for your Mathematics exam and um, now I'm going to give some practical tips to actually solve a problem. This can also be applied to physical science, it can also be applied to mathematical literacy and um, yeah so let's get started. The first thing is, is um, defining the problem and the first step towards solving a problem is to make sure you define the problem clearly. In order to try and solve a problem it is important to have a very clear understanding of what the problem actually is. Questions to ask yourself include who has the problem, what is the problem, how and when and how often does this problem happen. How long has the problem been al- around, and how does this problem affect your life? So these types of these aren't necessarily for uh, mathematics, but um, it's just general problem-solving skills which which you actually gain from by doing maths. Believe it or not. Um, the second thing is to gather information about the problem. So take a time out of your busy schedule and gather all the information you can in relation to the problem. This can involve taking a talking to a range of people you think might be able to offer advice and reading a relevant book or article, or if possible searching online for further information. So for example the problem might be that you don't know how to study for maths. And um, so you've, just, you've, you've you've gone and you've defined the problem as being I don't know how to study for maths. So then you'd go out and you gather information about how to study for mathematics. And then you you look for, uh, after you've gone and searched for your your solution, you then look for alternative solutions. So look for a number of alternative solutions to the problem. Think of the skill of thinking out the box of being creative in your search for solutions cannot be emphasized enough. So you might gather in some information. It says you listen to a radio program and it said uh, get a study guide or get a tutor and then you thought let me look for alternative solutions. And the alternative solution you might come up with is there's lots of videos on YouTube about how uh, to, to, to tackle cer- certain sections of, of your metric exam and then the fourth thing is you, you, you're you going to then see what is the best solution so um, the way you do that is is by um, you you try out the study guide maybe by a friend's study guide he's got an answer series and you see okay this doesn't work out for me I still don't understand the concept let me go on YouTube and then you see okay YouTube works out quite well for me and um, so, yeah, you might find YouTube to work out all for you, and then you go you could go with the YouTube videos instead. But it's usually a combination of 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 these things. Uh, the next thing you'd look at is implementing the solution. So you've 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 gone out and you've looked at the different options, tried out different options, and you see, okay, I like watching YouTube videos. These help me to understand better. So you watch a YouTube video and then you go out and you practice an exam question from a study guide or from a past paper. You then evaluate the solution and see okay cool so I've watched the video now I watch the youtube video now but I find that when I watch youtube videos on mathematics I tend to get distracted I end up clicking on other videos and um, so I need to stop doing that I need to focus more on the exam questions or past papers once I've now understood how to do the question. And then Sometimes you need to actually go and redefine the problem. So you look now and you seen that the problem—they actually do know how to do maths. The problem was that you just get distracted easily. So that was the real problem. And um, yeah, so just going going through the problem-solving process again. Uh, the first thing is to define the problem. The second thing is to gather information about the problem. The third thing is to look for alternative solutions. The fourth thing is to see what you think is the best solution for the problem. And then f- number five is to implement the solution and see how it, wo- it works in your life. Number six is to evaluate now. So you've implemented the solution and would see, has it been working out for you? If it hasn't, then redefine the problem and say, look, I thought I did know how to do maths. It turns out that I do know how to do maths. However, the problem was really that my phone was in my pocket the whole time. And every time that was, that would actually distract me from from working productively and then don't forget to see your problems as opportunities Um, that so because you you looked at, uh, you evaluated the um, situation, you saw okay um, I was actually being distracted by my phone the whole time, Um, this is an opportunity now for you, this is actually an opportunity now for self-improvement. Um, So I've been speaking a lot about past papers and I actually forgot to mention that on my website ntuntutoring.co.za I have a collection of past papers um, on the website for mathematics and there's about 50 papers on the site with um, caps aligned. I have some questions from um, the previous syllabus from 2008 to 2013 Um, and I also have some some mock exams from different schools, as well as all the memos for those papers. So, I definitely recommend going to my website. I mean, those papers are available for free, and you to rely to to really get some some much needed practice for the final exam. Another thing is um, which I find to be quite helpful is something called paper video. Um, it's a bit expensive, the the books, but um, what it's basically exam papers and it has little qr codes so it has um, little little codes that you can type in the, you, for example you see question 1.1 and it has a code attached to it so you type in a code on the paper video website and then a, a video pops up explaining to you how to do the question i think that's also quite u- useful um yeah so papervideo.ca.za you can check them out as well i've used them after, i've given them a try a few times um, with some some of my students and they find the videos very helpful. Um, so yeah, paper videos definitely worth looking at. And yeah, so if you when I sit with, with students, that you need to get your distractions out of the way. So work in an environment where you know you you put some study snacks next next to you because sometimes you're busy studying, you get angry and think, okay, let me get up Let me get up and go make myself something to eat. And that the next thing you know, you're going downstairs, you're trying to make something to eat you walk past the TV and say, oh, okay, what's on TV? Let me just take a five-minute break. And the next thing you know, your five-minute break ends up being like an hour, two hours of the whole day gone because uh, you got distracted by one small thing. So so what, does, what I do, what I recommend is, um, you know, put your phone away. Put your phone on silent. Put it in your bag. Don't even look at your phone because that's very distracting. Um, and you'll find that, you see, you you what you can do is you can say look I'm not going to look at my phone for for an hour, right? even start with half an hour and um, put your phone away, no distractions and put the do not disturb sign on your door or your room if you have your own room or your study section and then just work do one question and um, see what you get see the answer you get and then look at the memo of the example but please do not study the memo. A lot of my students, or a lot of students before they come to me they, um, they, they practice an exam and then while they with the exam they're looking at the memo next to them and that's really pointless. Um, so what I recommend is get a nice empty study area full of lack, with no clutter um, and no distractions and take your, your past exam maybe you sit down, you, you, pra- you practice a question and complete the question and then look at the memo afterwards and see, okay, this is where I went wrong, this is where I went wrong, this is where I went wrong. And if you if you get stuck and um, if you're not understanding what exactly went wrong with that question, then you're more than welcome to give me a call or drop me a mail. My email is info at IntuneTutoring.ca, and I'll gladly assist you. If I'm not available, I'll tell one of the tutors to assist you as well. That's the importance of, of really getting a good study, study environment, getting a good... Um, study guide and these all, all of these things are, are really essential skills to studying for mathematics. Remember mathematics is not like like geography or life science. it's very different in that it's a quantitative subject that requires practice and um, that's that's very important. when we're basically covering the metric revision program, and um, we've we've covered paper one of the matrix exam. The breakdown in terms of difficulty and um, the content, and we've also given we've also spoken about some general problem solving tips um, for how to solve problems in your um, in your general <laughs> life, um, especially when it comes to studying, and we've also spoken about some general study tips for mathematics. And now uh, this is a question that I get a lot. Is um, why is mathematics so important? Like, why should I study mathematics? And um, I think that it's. I think that there's there's a number of reasons why we, mathematics is so important. Um, and it really helps you to to increase your analytical thinking. So, if you if you example, if you toast the bricks, you if you look at someone that does mathematics, and um, the, the ability to to they look at the toaster they break it down, take it apart, and see okay where could where could this problem be instead of you know just throw the toaster away once you 've done mathematics and you 've gotten the skill of being of being able to do mathematics it, your ability to think analytically really um becomes it really improves. And, yeah, so the ability to take a problem and break it down into its little parts and see how we can solve this problem. Another example would be, like, playing Sudoku. Sudoku is, a, it's, it's, I haven't really played myself, but it's one of those games where you can gain the ability to analyze and problem solve, which is very much um, a sort of the soft skill. Analytical thinking allows you to investigate the truth and, uh, you know, see the world around you. That allows you to think critically. Another one of the, the benefits is it also teaches you how to think. So, because you're able to find solutions, you, you're able to think of a whole coherent process. You, you think of things that systematically. And um, although you might not necessarily have those skills in the beginning, after you've you've you know you've practiced your mathematics and you've started to master mathematics, you f- you'll see that you think differently. Um, and also it allows you to understand the world in a different light it allows you to to um see how things work you you know you'll 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 um think about how about you'll think about things with with clarity with coherence with precision and um this is all very good for you now i know that you might think okay but now this quadratic equation how am i going to use the quadratic equation in the real world and the, to be honest with you, you're probably not going to use that specific um, section of mathematics per se in the real world. However, it's the ability that or the skills that you gain by, by being able to use something abstract like the quadratic formula that allows you to be able to become a better thinker and a better, a better analyst. And... That's really what's important at the end of the day. Mathematics promotes it also promotes wisdom. Mathematics applies to other sciences as well, in new technologies, and it's very present in our everyday life. Um, and you know, many of our, of the things we see on an everyday basis are actually governed by mathematics. And it also helps to quicken your mind. You're able to think faster, able to think better, and you're able to think about more complex thoughts. You don't get nervous when you see a complex question. You are then, then the, I mean these are. I know it sounds very abstract, but um, you'll see it for yourself. I mean, comp- if you think about yourself as a grade 12 learner, and compare yourself to a grade 9 learner, when you, you think about when you were in grade 9, you might have thought, "Wow, if I was, we, you might have thought that when you saw a difficult problem, you, you, you were, would have approached it completely different, to, differently to the way you do now, and um, that's very important. And Another thing is that mathematics is very important for university. Um, so you need to get a good math mark in order to, to study most degrees, unless you want to become a nurse or, or a lawyer. Even if you want to study psychology at UCT, you need to have a good mathematics mark. And yeah, mathematics is very important. Besides just making you smarter, it also allows you to, to learn better and learn faster. And you can also make money with mathematics, <laughs> as, believe it or not. Um, like, for example, you could use it as a career. Many people look for um, people that are good with maths for for your, for your degrees. For example, if you want to become an accountant, it requires some good mathematics skills. If you want to become a physicist, it requires some good mathematics skills. And um, even if you want to become an actuary, an actuary is someone that two scientists are very sought after and those degrees also require a very good mathematics mark in terms of mathematics paper one and mathematics in general i think we've covered most of it in the show today we've covered um, patterns we've covered paper one we've looked at the the topics that are in, t- in paper one what to expect in each section how many marks it is it's 150 marks um, we've covered the difficulty and we've broken the difficulty down and we've also said that the exam paper is three hours. So, um, yeah, that's it from me, from from myself, Nadir Abrams, from Intune Tutoring. If you want to get some exam papers, um, you can visit my website, today. If you have some problems with mathematics, you can give me a call. My number is 82 And we're based in Claremont and Goodwood. Um, yeah, so don't hesitate to drop me a line or just send me a message on WhatsApp. I'm more than willing to assist.